Welcome back, Broncos Boardroom Blitz listeners. Today, we have reached the final episode of the Broncos Boardroom Blitz podcast series. For those of you who've listened all the way through, I cannot thank you enough. It has been an honor to partner with the Broncos on this project. I specifically want to thank my business analytics team for giving me my internship opportunity last summer, the digital content team at the Broncos for all their support in promoting the podcast, and my producer, Meher Kohli. Thanks, Nian. It's been an honor working with you on this informative series. I would also like to thank everyone at the Broncos organization for their support and guidance throughout the process of taking the Broncos boardroom blitz live. Finally, I'd like to give a huge, huge thank you to all the wonderful guests who volunteered their time to this podcast venture. Today's episode is one of my favorites. Brad Post will dive deep into his experiences as Miles the mascot and will provide a behind-the-scenes look into the sports mascot world. Without further ado, it is now time for Episode 9 of the Broncos Boardroom Blitz Podcast. Very excited to be here today with Brad Post. Many people know Brad Post as the man behind the Miles mascot. As someone who has interned with the Broncos on the business side for a summer, I mainly just know him as Brad, who has all the fun and crazy anecdotes. Brad, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. So this is going to be a pretty unique podcast in the sense you have a completely different perspective and experience than pretty much anyone here on the floor. So why don't we jump right into it and get started? I'd love to hear about how you develop this interest in being a mascot or how you just ended up stumbled upon it. Well, stumbled upon it is probably a good description. I was going to school in Nebraska. I was actually going to University of Nebraska, Omaha, and my friends took me to my first Cornhusker game. And Cornhusker football in Nebraska is pretty big, to say the least. But uh, I was never big into football, really, growing up. I played soccer and basketball and stuff growing up, and I was always more of a... I'd rather be playing sports than watching it or whatever. I think I was probably 19 or 20 when I went to my first game, so... They have two mascots there. They've got uh, Herbie Husker, who's the sort of normal character, like body and head. And he's a farmer, basically, like overalls and a big red cowboy hat or whatever. But then they had this other one, which is an inflatable mascot, and its name was Little Red. And at the time, I believe it was the only inflatable mascot. So it was super unique. Not that I was even into mascots at all, but obviously, you know, hindsight, if not the first, it was one of the first uh, inflatable mascots. So it was super unique. And if you're familiar with them at all, and you can look them up on YouTube, just look up inflatable mascots. uh, And there's tons of videos on them now. They got pretty big in the NBA for a while. Anyways, they move unlike anything, like any other mascot or basically anything I'd ever seen before. So I was kind of focusing on that because like I'd never seen anything like it before. And again, I wasn't a huge football fan. So I just kept watching this mascot and I was just like, I don't understand how this thing works. So it's about eight feet tall. It's probably about three feet wide. And it's, it's in the shape of like a little boy. This, this particular costume was 
So he had like a hat on backwards and, and a big bright smiley face or whatever. And he would just like shake and wiggle and jiggle. And I just couldn't wrap my mind around how this thing was working. Like it, it looked like it might be full of springs or like jelly or something. I, I just like, I, and it was just massive. So it just really caught my attention, which is perfect. I mean, as far as a mascot goes, like that's what you want to do. And in a 76,000 seat stadium, pretty good job to catch someone's attention from where I was sitting. So fast forward, I think a year later, I ended up transferring down to Lincoln, not for that reason, just I was not happy where I was. So I knew I had a bunch of friends going to to, uh, University of Nebraska Lincoln. So I'm like, hey, I'll transfer down there. So I did that. And I'm sitting in class one day uh, reading the newspaper instead of paying attention to the teacher like a lot of college students do. And there was a advertisement for tryouts for cheerleaders, dance team, and the mascot. So I go back to my dorm room and this is, you know, before cell phones, uh, if you can believe that. And some of you probably can't believe that, but there was a day. Can't believe it. Right. There was a day where you couldn't have a phone in your pocket. It was attached to the wall. So anyway, I go back to my room and I call the number on the, on the ad and I'm like, Hey, do you get to get in the costume if you go to tryouts? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. So the big bubbly thing that I saw on the field, if I come to tryouts, I'll get to get inside of it. He's like, yes, you will. I'm like, cool. I'll be there. So I'm like, sweet. I know what I'm doing next Thursday or whatever the date was. I was like, I'm going to figure out how this costume works. So day comes, I go to the tryouts, which was held in the training facilities. So it's this big field house and there's hundreds of people there because they're trying out for the cheerleaders, the dance team and the mascot. So there's all this stuff going on. So I go up to the registration table and the lady asked me, She's like, hey, who, what are you here for? I'm like, I'm here for the mascot tryouts. She's like, okay, are you here for Little Red or Herbie? And I'm like, I'm here for the Little Red tryouts. She's like, okay. She's like, you know that your chances of making the squad are better if you try for both. Pretty simple math. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks, but I'm just trying out for Little Red. She's like, no, 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 you don't understand. She's like, if you want to make the squad, you should try out for both. I'm like, nope, I understand how this works. And like, again, the math is pretty easy. But I'm good, you know. So you I just wanted to see the inside. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I wasn't about to try to explain my whole thing to this lady. So I'm just like, no, I'm fine, little red. And she's like, okay, fine. She's like, go over there. There was probably like 30 people there trying out for, the, for both mascots. So we get in a room and they kind of explain how it's going to go. They're like, for the little red trouts, which are first, he'll explain how to get in the costume and how it works. And then you'll basically get in the costume. They'll turn on like a little boom box they had. And they literally had like the Jock Jams CD in there. And they're like, we're going to play music for a minute. And it's like, and we'll probably change the music every 15 to 20 seconds. And you just kind of react to the music. And I'm like, okay, easy enough. And it's a minute. I mean, like nothing, you know? So I'm like, totally doable. I was just happy that I didn't have to like perform a skit or they didn't have to be a whole, like it wasn't going to be this long drawn out thing. I'm like, you know, a minute from now, I'm going to know how this thing works. I'm like, perfect. So I was one of the, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember if I was the first, but I was one of the first people to get in it because I was like, cool. I'll, I'll like raise my hand, get in and get out. So get in, inflate this thing and the music starts and I just kind of, I don't know, dance around, I guess. And they change the music every, you know, 15 or 20 seconds. And at the end of the minute, they turn the music off and I hear the music go off and I collapse. The costume is basically a big 
bag for lack of a better term so you're zipped into it and your your feet are connected to the costume itself in velcro sort of slippers or whatever and then you wear a belt and it's got a battery on one hip and an impeller for lack of a better term on the other thing so it basically sucks in air from the outside so there's a hose from that that connects to an inlet in there you know after 25 years the technology's gotten way better like the battery back then was like literally the battery for a motorcycle So pretty hefty, and the impeller was pretty chunky and big. Anyways, minute ends, and I collapsed in this thing because that was like like the most work I've done in a minute, like in my entire life. And even though it was only a minute, I was sweating like crazy because it's basically like doing a workout in a Ziploc bag. All the heat that you're generating is just trapped in this thing, along with any humidity or whatever. So it's like this its own microclimate. So I literally fall out of this costume uh, when they unzip it, and I'm just dying. Takes me a couple minutes to collect myself, and as I'm doing that, other people are getting in the costume or whatever. So I'm like, all right, I'll stick it out until everybody's done, and then I'll leave with everybody. So everybody gets through. And I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to do the interviews. And I'm like, ugh. I'm like, okay, no thanks. But the guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you're next. I'm like, I, you know, like I don't want to do this. Like it, like it's it's a waste of my time and your time. Are the rest of the candidates watching the interview and watching your No, so, so the tryouts, everyone was there. But for the interviews, they like pull you into a room or something. So it's, it's all individual. So again, too, I don't know, shy or meek or whatever the word you want to use is. But like, I couldn't just tell this guy I'm, I'm out, you know? So I'm like, all right, I'll suffer through this interview. It can't be that long. So we get in the room and the guy's like, so tell me why you should be the next mascot for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I told him, I'm like, look, I don't want to waste your time or mine. I just needed to find out how this mascot worked. I was like, I saw it like a year ago at my first football game and I couldn't figure it out. It was bugging me. It was like the itch I couldn't scratch. So I'm like, let's call it a day and I'm out. And he's like, wait, he's like, so you don't actually really want to be the mascot. I'm like, no, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and like, I've never been a mascot before. I don't even know what mascots do. I just needed to figure out how this thing works. So the guy's like, so wait, I'm having trouble figuring this out. Like you went through this whole thing and you're not even really, you don't want to be the mascot because we had you pretty high on our list. And I was like, look, that's cool. But whatever you saw that you liked, I'm like, I don't even know if I could replicate. Like I literally have never done this before. I was just kind of screwing around in there. I don't know if I could do this. So he's like, well, that's too bad. Checking again. He's like, so you're really not interested. And I'm like, well, you kind of showed your hand a little bit. I know that I'm kind of in the running and that you you liked what I did. So I'm like, what's in it for me? What do I get? Is this a, like a job? And he's like, well, it's not really a job as far as you don't get paid, but you get $500 a semester scholarship. We pay for your books and you get to eat at the training table. I'm like, okay. So I had just spent a semester in the dorms eating shitty dorm food. A guy on my floor was on the basketball team, made friends with him, and he took me to the training table once, which for the uninitiated, the training table is where the athletes eat. And it was worlds different from what the normal students were eating. I mean, there was steak, and every couple of weeks there was like lobster and, you know, It was just worlds different from what I had been eating. So that piqued my interest. So I was like, you said the training table. At that point, I think I was on some kind of academic scholarship. It wasn't major, but it was something. 
to $500 a semester, which especially now these days doesn't sound like much at all. But but the books was a big deal. Like books are crazy expensive, you know? So I was like, that was a nice perk. And But the training table would, would <laughs> piqued my interest. So I'm like, I get to eat at the training table. He's like, yeah. I'm like, where the athletes eat? He's like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, every day? He's like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, three meals a day? He's like, well, they don't serve breakfast on Sundays, but sure. <laughs> it was like, yes. It was like, it, it was like he was sort of annoyed that that's what I was stuck on, you know? But I'm like, okay, I'm in, <laughs> you know? So I stuck it out and turns out they were going to cut down to eight finalists and they were going to take four. And so the eight finalists were going to get a half of a quarter at the spring game. And then they were going to make their decision after that. So I do the spring game. Uh, do my half of a quarter or whatever. And then afterwards they're like, Hey, you made it. And I'm like, okay, cool. What happens now? I was like completely clueless, but it was a great experience. College sports is, and especially in Nebraska is, is a big thing, but people don't realize how much other things besides the big three sports there are. I went to gymnastics meets, wrestling meets, wow. uh, softball games, bowling I think they were matches is what they call them. I don't even remember. Swim meets, diving meets, women's soccer, men's baseball, women's softball, women's basketball, women's volleyball. And there's stuff going on all all year. So, And to confirm, were you Herbie or Little Red? So I was Little Red. Okay. And so the other kind of unique part about this was... I was the only person to just try out for Little Red. So the next year rolls around and I'm going to be the mascot. I got to do the majority of the Little Red stuff because I was the only guy that was only doing Little Red. Everybody else had tried out for both, as was suggested by everybody, you know. And so they had to split up sort of the things between Little Red and Herbie. So I got to do the majority of the stuff. So it was a cool year. I didn't travel to away games that year. Uh, They hadn't been taking Little Red to away games. But we were in the national championship game that year, and, and we won it. And so that was awesome. And so I did go to that game. That was the one game that I got to travel to. Your first year as a mascot and Nebraska won the national championship. Exactly. That's incredible. And so that was, I want to say, 95. So it was the second year of our back-to-back. So did that. I want to say even that year we went to the Final Four in volleyball as well and traveled on that trip. And the traveling was, was cool. Like I had grown up in Nebraska, barely left Eastern Nebraska, like I think I'd been to California once and to New Hampshire once, which was where my aunt and my uncle lived. So didn't know a whole lot about anything outside Nebraska. And so the traveling part was cool. We got to see stuff that I hadn't seen. The end of the year comes and they're like, hey, are you going to come back next year? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, no, like, why not? I'm like, it literally can't get any better. I had an amazing year. We won the national championship in football. We went on this great trip for volleyball. I was like, it did all this stuff. I'm like, it's not going to get better. Plus, like, I can't hold a job. Like, there were so many events that I didn't have time for a job. And even during the summers, you're saying? Well, so the summers were, were my own, basically. There were some events, but it, it clearly wasn't nearly as as busy as the school year. And that was kind of my thing. I was like, I would have to have some kick-ass job during the summer to make all the money I needed to get me through the school year. So the director, the cheer director lady was like, you know what? Take the summer. Think about it. 
when school gets close, we'll, we'll revisit it again. I'm like, okay. So in like July, she called me. She's like, hey, what are your thoughts? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know how I'm going to swing, you know, in not having a job. So then she calls me in like middle of August. She's like, look, school's about to start. We need to know what you're going to do. And again, I was just kind of bullish on it. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know how financially I'm, how I'm going to make it work. And so she's like, what if I told you I'm 99% sure I could get you a full ride? And I was like, done. You know, <laughs> like free school that takes the pressure <laughs> off. So I agree to that. And so for the next three years, I got free school while being the mascot. The next three years, I did travel to away football games, so I, I did a ton more travel. We ended up winning the national championship in football again in 1997. I don't know what year it was that we ended up winning the national championship in volleyball. And, and I keep bringing up volleyball because that was another big part of my experience there. Like, obviously, Husker football, people across the country know about it. But volleyball may have been my favorite sport to do as a mascot because we were really good, which means people came to watch. And it was in the Coliseum, which is this old venue. And I couldn't even tell you how many people, maybe three to 5,000. I'm not even sure. I could be way off. But it was very steep bleachers, and it was just really loud. It was just a really cool environment. So anyways, for three years, I got free school, got to travel a ton. I was still eating good food at the training table, which was important to me. <laughs> Literally that decision to go do that has clearly affected my life for another 25 years. All it took was some intellectual curiosity into what was going on behind the mascot and then uh, some strong negotiation tactics. And here right. we are. Right, right. <laughs> well, and the sad part is I wish I could take credit for the negotiating, but I, I was just being overtly honest and ended up working in my favor. So I always talk about after the mascot, I was like, oh, you could always work for the team. You could go into sales. I was like, no, I'll be a terrible salesman. I was like, I can't sell my way out of a wet paper bag. But that was one time where, again, I wasn't even trying to negotiate. I was just telling the guy what my situation was and it worked in my favor so so there's one thing to getting a full ride to a school and being the mascot for that reason it's a whole nother ball game to make the decision of making that your full career and i'm curious after you know your time wrapped up in nebraska obviously you had a great experience being a mascot for a couple championship teams which is pretty awesome and i'm sure kind of kept the passion going how did you go about the decision-making process for that next step and what sort of propelled you to make the jump to the NFL? Well, again, not a whole lot of intent behind it. Just I'm, sort of, I'm sensing a the theme here. I was just going to say, which is sort of the story of my life. So when I was in school, I got invited, I think three years in a row, there was an event in Orlando called the Celebrity Mascot Games. And so it was basically this charity that was putting together a show to raise money. And they were inviting professional and college mascots to come and quote unquote compete in what I call field day games like tug of war, you know, relay race, that type of stuff. So I got invited down to that when I was in college and met guys that were doing it professionally. So at that point, I didn't even know that was a job. I just kind of assumed it, everything operated just like college. And we don't have professional sports in Nebraska. So like I wasn't super familiar with professional mascots. So anyway, got to know a bunch of guys doing that at year after year going there and becoming better friends with them. And so my last year, they were like, hey, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, well, I'm going to graduate and get a job. And they're like, are you going to try to get a mascot job? I'm like, I hadn't really 
thought of it. Again, I wasn't super familiar with it. I didn't know if it was a like a good job to have. Clearly, it's going to be a fun job, but it was like, can you make a living? And they're like, of course you can. It was like, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't making a good living. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, and we think you're good enough that like you could make it at the next level. I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, so... You know, if you're interested, let us know. When jobs pop up, we'll let you know, and then you can get to tryouts and all that stuff. So I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, why not? I can always say no. Be like, yes, count me interested. So I graduated in December. And I got a job. I was working on a movie set. I was That's the industry I wanted to get into. And there was a, a movie being shot in Omaha. And I got to work on that set, but it was all free. You know, it was like an internship, basically, because it was a low-budget movie or whatever. But I'm like, okay, this is how this works. You know, it's like you get an internship, you learn how it actually works in the real world. You get to know people, you network, and then that turns into a job, hopefully, et cetera. So... That was all working exactly how I thought it would. Like I had a ton of fun. I was kind of figuring out what parts of that business that I enjoyed. And I was making connections uh, like this, the guy who was the co-writer on it. I got to know him. They were from Iowa, like the Eastern Iowa, but they were probably going to move either to Omaha or Council Bluffs in that area. And it was like, we're going to do like commercials and music videos and little projects until we have the next script that we want to do. But it was like, you know, we need hands on deck perfect. This is, you know, working great. And then a week before we wrapped, I got a call from one of the mascot friends that I'd made. He's like, Hey, the Buffalo Bills are starting a mascot program. They haven't had a mascot before. And they asked me because he was in Rochester, which is also Western New York. And he was like, they asked me for recommendations and I recommended you. So call this guy. So call this guy. They're like, Hey, you know, we talked a bit. I sent him my resume. And my reel, which is something else I learned from the pro guys, was like, hey, videotape your stuff. Because when the time comes, the resume doesn't work for a mascot. You know, like all this stuff on paper, they're going to need to see it. So I had made a reel and sent it up to them. And they liked that. And like, hey, we want to fly you up here for an interview. Now, because they didn't have a program, they didn't have a costume yet. And so there was no tryout. It was just an interview, which is probably the only reason I got the job because it was like I'd spent my four years in an air character and their costume was a regular mascot costume, which I'd never worked before. So I probably wouldn't have got the job if they'd put me in a a tryout situation. Now I go up for the interview, I fly home, the movie wraps, and then I get a call. They're like, hey, we'd like to offer you this job. And I'm like, okay do I want this job? I'm like, I'm making all these inroads and networking in this industry that I want to work in. But I'm like, that's a pretty cool thing. I'll never have this chance again. I was like, I can always go back and work in the film industry. I'll be kicking myself if years down the line, I'm like, oh, I could have said I was the mascot for a year or whatever. The original mascot. (laughs) Right. And so that was kind of my thought. It was like, I'll do this for a year and that'll be a little box that I can tick off and a fun story to tell at cocktail parties. Like, oh, one year I was the mascot for the Buffalo Bills. So I took the job and I moved out there. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know how to work this mascot costume. They didn't even have a costume when I got up there. But that's kind of how I made the jump is, again, sort of networking and people sort of recognizing your talents and being like, hey, it's like, you could do this if this is something you want to do. And so, again, that was in 2000 was my first year there. So 19 years later, here we are. 
So you had said you wanted to be with the Bills for a year and have that as a cocktail uh, party talking point. Now, what actually kept you going after that first year? And how did you end up uh, transitioning to the Broncos? It's just a fun job. You know, the NFL game is different. The difference was in college, it was mostly just about all these games, like these contests, whether it was basketball, softball, whatever, because there was so much of that going on where in the NFL specifically, because there's only eight games, eight regular season games, your main job is to be out in the community doing events and appearances. And that's what I really liked. Uh, I mean, the the games are fun and and that's a total highlight of the job, but I really enjoyed the events and it was just a good fit for me. It's not sitting at a desk, you know, pounding away emails for eight hours a day. It's different every time. While lots of events are similar and there's the same sort of type of people generally at these things, you know, the individuals are different in that sort of individual interaction is really what I enjoyed. So that's kind of what, what hooked me. Not very many people do this job. And when you meet other people that do, there's that commonality that you have. It's a fraternity, right? It is. You have this common experience that literally so few people in the world can relate to. Yep, for sure. And it's commonly referred to by by us as the fraternity. So I like it. Brothers and fur. But when you're a part of a small group of something, that group itself is a draw and interesting and is familiar. And that still is a big part of, of why I still do it today. We just had our, our mascot game where we play mascots versus peewees at halftime. And I got to bring in some of my NFL buddies and just like hanging out with them for a couple of days is a highlight. So as far as transitioning, also another sort of interesting story and sort of one of those reaffirmations of like, this is what I should be doing. The guy that was doing Miles before me who launched the character uh, was moving on to an NBA job. And he was probably one of my better friends in the league. And he's like, hey, you know, obviously this job is opening up. You should come try out for this job. And I'm like, okay. I was like, yeah, that would be cool. Like I'm up for a a change. What's the timing? And he, yeah. So the NBA starts, I think in November. So he was going to be leaving in October. And that's kind of like right in the middle of the NFL season. I was like, I don't really feel good about leaving my team in the middle of the season. So I'm going to go ahead and pass. And he's like, all right, well, you know, whatever. So probably about a week after that, I was like thinking about it. I'm like, A, that's pretty presumptuous on my part to be like, oh, like you'll try out for this job. They'll offer you the job. And now you got to deal with leaving your team in the middle of the season. I'm like, how about you try out for the job and then see, you know, and then kind of go from there. So I call him back and it's only like a week before the tryouts are scheduled. I'm like, hey, I'm kind of changed my mind is it too late and he was like well i've got like i think four guys trying out he goes but i'll make an exception so i got lucky there so i come up and do the tryout or whatever and then they do offer me the job and i'm like crap you know like what do i do now so another interesting part about the mascot which is very different from like most other places is i told my team that i was going to try out for this team generally when you're looking for another job it's like you don't let your current job know that that's what's going down but it's unique in in where you know while technically it's a lateral move it's like you're moving to a bigger market a better team and so 
it's it's a move up status wise and most of our these jobs are uh, appearance based and so it's like the more appearances do you do the more money you make so they were super understanding and so when I came back to them and I'm like hey they actually offered me this job I'm like but I don't want to leave in the middle of the season like, I don't know if there's a way that we can handle this and me still take the job and so my marketing director at the time in Buffalo was good friends with the marketing director here and so he called him and and he told me before he called him he's like look there's this rule in the NFL that a team can't hire another team's employee during the season he's like it's mostly for like scouts and coaches and stuff like that so he calls a guy he's like hey Brad would love to take the job but he doesn't he wants to finish out the season here he's like if there's is there any way you can get through the season and then he'll come on in the spring and they're like yeah it's like we can make that work so again just like another thing that was this is what you're supposed to be doing you know it's like I almost didn't even try out and then I did and then they offered me the job and then I thought I was going to have to turn it down because of the timing and then they just made it work that's how I got here and so happy that it like worked out you paid attention to the signs right and there's been plenty of times in my life where you like kind of fight it and you're right you're like sometimes you just need to like quiet your life a little bit and take a little bit of stock and like you said just like follow the signs i love denver i loved buffalo my time there but i I always say i'm glad that it happened in the order that it did because i don't know if i'd been able to live in denver for five years and then and then hack buffalo uh, because omaha to buffalo wasn't that big of a jump Obviously, the weather in Buffalo is a lot different, but you can't compare it from Buffalo to here. So I don't think uh, many people would uh, argue with you on that one. So did five years with the Bills and then transitioned over here to uh, Denver, where you've been for the last 15 years? Yep. Now, I think it's interesting because, you know, while certain people have been here in the organization for that long of a tenure, you have as well. And I'm curious from your perspective, how you've seen the Broncos business evolve, whether it be specifically related to your role as a mascot or just in general on the business side? It definitely has evolved as everything will. But it's been interesting to see just staff-wise, number one, has grown. The the marketing department as a whole used to be like 12 people. And back then, whenever there was something going on, it was all hands on deck. If there was an event going on, I was downstairs setting up tables and putting out chairs and putting tablecloths on stuff. And when it was over, I was breaking stuff down and, and everything like that because it was we didn't have the staff. It's just how it had to be. We, we needed everybody's help to pull these things off. I mean, now, like if I stopped to count, I don't know. There's probably 40 people. So the group that I work in uh, has only existed for a year. So it wasn't even a thing when you started. Right, exactly. And our graphics department used to be one person. Now we have four plus an intern, you know, sales and service is like its own department now where it all used to be kind of lumped into marketing. And you saw the transition with the invent of social media. Like how has that changed? One of our big focuses was our forum, basically our web board, which is like crazy to think about now this is the thing like now this is the new thing and this is how people communicate and this is how we reach our fans is this web board and and now while it's the same concept social media is like completely different and completely more accessible and makes way more sense so that's been interesting and obviously, we I've ridden the wave of like wins and losses. My first year here, we hosted the AFC Championship game, which was my first playoff game that I'd ever done because in the five years in Buffalo, we never sniffed the playoffs. So I didn't know what playoff football was about to the point where 
it wasn't until after that game that I realized had we won, we were going to the Super Bowl because it was a weird setup. I believe that was our the first playoff game that we hosted because I think we were a wild card that year. And so we always went away to play. And the only reason we hosted that game is because Pittsburgh was going up to New England, I think. And everybody's like, New England's going to win that game. And then we're going to have to go to New England to play them in the AFC Championship game. So it was like no home playoff games, but Pittsburgh ends up beating them. And so all of a sudden we're hosting this game. It wasn't until after that game that I realized, I'm like, holy smokes, we would have went to the Super Bowl because I had never done a playoff game before. So I start there. And then a few years later, we're like, I think it was two and 14 and Shanahan gets fired. And then we hire Josh McDaniels and he drafts Tebow and, you know, just all this crazy stuff happens. And I always tell people like it's, there's never been a boring year since I've worked here. There's always been some kind of crazy storyline or something crazy happening. So yeah, I've kind of experienced it all as far as like wins and losses. But like I said, we were, we were a small department 2008, the economy took the downturn. And so we had to downsize. So we had to actually fire people. That was tough. And then, you know, now the NFL's just been on this meteoric rise where it's like, we need more hands on deck to, to sort of handle everything that's going on. So it's been interesting. Now you sort of alluded to what you do outside of actually being Miles mascot during games with some community development. Can you expand on that a little bit and talk about exactly what your role entails now here with the Broncos, uh, more so outside of the games? Because you're basically a brand ambassador for the team. Absolutely. And that's probably the word I would use. A walking logo is another one of them. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, again, outside of the 10 home games, it's like, what do you do? And I'm like, what don't I do? The the actual games are such a small fraction of of this job. So generally, I'm doing between 325 and 350 appearances a year. Wow. So 10 home games is, is such a small part of that. So a big part of the job is supporting the marketing efforts here. Whether that's sort of the grassroots stuff we do, like the carne asada and the Espanol events, and any kind of general fan engagement stuff is a big part. But an, another big part of it is supporting this, the sponsorship side. So a lot of those contracts have Miles appearances written into them. And some of the sponsors... The mascot's a big focus for them because it's sort of their youth marketing push. Is like that's how they get their message to kids. Western Dairy being one of the big ones who sponsors my school show is, you know, we do 50 school shows a year and the message is fuel up to play 60. So it's eating right and getting exercise and which is an important message to get out for kids, especially these age of, you know, like Netflix and video games and cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And you know, like juvenile diabetes is a thing and, you know, making sure like schools are cutting out recess time and PE time and all that stuff. So it was like making sure that kids know that it's important to eat right and in exercises is important. So like, that's a big piece. Like you mentioned, the the community uh, development department is a big piece. Anytime that we're engaging at-risk groups, whether it's the the Boys and Girls Club or the Denver Rescue Mission or the Food Bank of the Rockies is a big partner as well. So engaging people that way and through, through that sort of arm of the team is another big piece. And then there's just making miles available to the community and the fans. It was like, that's kind of 
the reason mascots exist is the players and the coaches are busy, <laughs> you know, and there's not a whole lot of time for them to engage the fans. And so that's where the mascot and the cheerleaders like Shauna's group comes in. She's got 26 girls. So there's a lot of opportunity for them to be out in the community. And again, those girls do sort of the same type of work. It's a little a little different, but the idea is the same, is that that's a Broncos touch point that people can get a piece of, and it's a little bit more available. Um, like you said, the players only have so much extra time, but... If you're having a party or an event or something like that, it's like you can have the cheerleaders or have mascot come. And it's like now you've got that Broncos flavor to your event. And it's it's probably something that the, the players wouldn't be able to do. I think that's really interesting and highlights a variety of different areas in which you're involved in. I mean, 325 to 350 appearances a year is no joke, which ties into my next question. When I asked you if you want to do the podcast, I thought it was interesting when you replied to me and said, do you want Brad the mascot coordinator or you know, Brad the guy inside the mascot costume? And I was curious if you could sort of distinguish the two and just speak a little bit to how you go about differentiating the identity of yourself and this now costume that you've been in for 15 years. Well, generally, you don't, like the sort of general mascot rule is that like you don't reveal who you are you know, underneath the costume rule. Things change, and there's been a Hulu series about about the whole mascot situation or whatever. And so it's like, I think kind of attitudes about that change a little bit. But generally, you don't kind of go and be like, hi, I'm the guy in the mascot. But at the same time, a big part of my job is out of costume. I'm kind of my own mini department where I manage my own budget. I book all the appearances. I do all my own billing, like all that kind of stuff. You know, I run the, the social media accounts and stuff like that. So... That is another part of the job that like people don't kind of realize is, you know, they just assume it is just all costume work. But for a full-time mascot, like you said, you're kind of your own mini department. And so the times I have been sort of asked to sort of speak on what I do, it's more about like, oh, I manage the mascot program. You don't kind of really directly address the fact that I'm also the guy in the costume. And I already refer to Miles as another person anyway. So even when I'm booking and, and like I'll show up to an event or whatever of somebody who I've exchanged phone calls and emails with, and then, you know, I'll show up and I've got such a great setup now where I get changed in my van. Like I can pop out and just be Miles and I don't have to meet someone and find a place to change and all that stuff. So in the rare occasion that I do sort of meet the person that I've been dealing with, they're like, oh, I didn't realize that it was you in the costume as well. I'm like, yep. I'm like, I, you know, I'm kind of a jack of all trades where, again, I like I do the billing, I do the booking, I do the scheduling, I do the budgets, I do, you know, all that stuff. So that's all a part of it. Those other parts are what makes me, I think, a part of the department. I know other programs where they are just the character for for the most part and they don't really spend any time in the office and they don't feel part of the organization where like you said like back in the day I was help setting up events, I was breaking down events, I was doing whatever, I was delivering stuff, I was driving things places, you know, but I enjoy that part and I think that's important too is to be a part of it instead of just sort of be the satellite that's orbiting the organization as like I'm down in it and I'm part of it. 
In general, I've ended most of these podcasts by asking what makes you most fulfilled by your current role. I think you're unique and what appeals to you about being a mascot is sort of shown over this the course of this podcast. So I'll end with what are some of your goals moving forward? Do you see yourself kind of continuing in this role or do you see yourself evolving more into a marketing role outside the costume? Like what would be most fulfilling for you going forward? It's a good question. A question I've been asking myself for a long time. And the honest answer is I don't know. The closer I get to being out of costume, the more I realize how much I enjoy it. And so now, literally five years ago, I was like, it's like, oh my God, shoot me if I'm still a 40 year old man dressing up as a pretend horse. I'm like, that's just like, I can't, I can't have it. And I'm 43. So, and I don't care for whatever reason. I just like that number stuck in my head. I was just like, you've got to get sort of a real job. And like the more and more I realize, like, I don't care. I like this job. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people that don't like what they do. No question. So I count myself lucky in that. And at this point, I, I was sort of desperate for an exit plan, but I'm not anymore. Like I've kind of come to grips with it. And I'm like, look, again, like there's a ton of people that hate their job, that that wake up every morning and don't want to go to work where like, that's not me. Like I enjoy my job. And the idea of not being in costume in the semi near future makes me enjoy the costume work that much more. I mean, there's parts of this job that I don't like, just like everybody's job, but the main part of this job, I really still enjoy and I'm still physically able to do it. And so, yeah, I don't want to be doing anything else right now. I think eventually, I think it just makes sense to transition within the organization, partially because who's going to hire somebody who been a fake horse for 15 years, you know, there's all this experience that I have in marketing and in events and again, managing a budget and, and scheduling and all that stuff. But like that doesn't read on a resume, you know, I'd have to get in the room to tell people all that stuff. Hopefully they listen to this podcast. Right, right. Well, I'll save it and send the link when I have to to start getting new jobs. But I saw that as a hurdle. And so like here, they already know, like they know that I'm not just a guy jumping around in a fake horse costume. They know the work I've done and they know I'm reliable and then like I actually have a good head on my shoulders, et cetera. So, so that just makes sense. And I like working here. I think it's a great organization. I think they're sort of focused on the right things. And so I'd like to continue to work here when it comes a time where I'm either not able to or or have decided I'm done with the costume. I would like to still work here. I don't know in what capacity. I was interested in the in the film business, so I think there's an opportunity with our video production crew there as well. So for a while, I was sort of desperate for an exit strategy, but for right now, I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy. Well, I'm off of Broncos country. Definitely want to thank you for all that you've done in the last 15 years. And I personally want to thank you for coming on this podcast and taking the time to share your story. Thanks, Brad. Of course. No, I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy hearing from one of the most fascinating people in the Broncos organization. When I interned with the Broncos last summer, I had a simple idea to help aspiring sports business professionals like myself break into the industry. This podcast was designed to have successful people in the Broncos organization share their personal stories and provide tactical advice for how you can break into the different business departments of the team. I hope that goal has been achieved, and if you've made it this far, please do not hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn with your comments and feedback. Until next time, and there will be a next time, keep hustling.